0: Hello everyone and welcome to Fathom. My name is Eni and I'm your host. Here at Fathom, we believe that in order to lead a joy-filled and fulfilling life, one must have the courage to pursue that which they find meaningful. But how do you do that in our busy modern world where internal and external obstacles abound? through conversations with guests who are experimenting with life and adulting relatively successfully, or courageously, I should say, will bring raw and honest conversations that will hopefully add value to you, our listener. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome again to Fathom. So I'd like to introduce you to my next guest, who is our first male guest. His name is Jean-Michel Havineza, And he has been involved in the work of genocide prevention and reconciliation for the past decade. Um, In 2007, Jean-Michel was one of the founders of Peace and Love Proclaimers, a youth organization aimed at creating change in Rwanda and famous for being the creators of Walk to Remember, a commemorative walk that brings young people from all over the world to end mass atrocities. Jean-Michel also co-founded iDebate Rwanda, an organization that trains secondary students in Rwanda in the art of debate and public speaking with the aim of advancing civil discourse. iDebate currently works with 150 schools with a plan of working with 450 schools in five years. In 2016, Jean-Michel was awarded the Public Advocate of the Year Award by the Cross-Examination Debate Association, which is the largest Intercollegiate debate program in the United States for his role in advancing important discussions in society. So, other than being, um, you know, a community organizer and someone who always starts um, communities and organizations that are aimed at bringing change, um, Jean-Michel is a is a curious person. who is a twin, uh, that, that part I knew, um, and who, in his own words, says that, you know, if life was fair, he would prefer having dreadlocks and living in a library, which probably won't happen because life isn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I look forward to introducing him to you in this conversation, and let's get into it. Hello Jean-Michel, how are you?
1: I'm um, doing very well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you for gracing our podcast this morning.
1: Well, I'm I'm excited to be the first male on this, yeah. <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, I feel like that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of so pressure. Hope, uh, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully I represent really well. Yeah, yeah. please do. Uh, definitely.
0: Yes. I feel like I've had three consecutive female guests and I think I was mm-hmm. starting to get this impression from people that they think mm-hmm. this is a... A female space, which I mean, it is, but it's also a male space. It's a yeah. space for everyone,
1: exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm uh, I'm invited to the space. Then, yeah. So please yeah.
0: break that pattern. Um, but to start, I'm I'm curious to know how do you what do you call yourself? Are you a
1: community leader? Are you a organizer? I hate I hate I hate those kind of titles. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I tend to view myself as a leader, okay. um, that's number one, and but more than anything, I think I always say, I'm, at the core, I think I'm a man on a mission mm-hmm. and I am serving a certain uh, mission and whatever form it takes doesn't matter as much. So uh, whether it is through um, doing it through organizations, doing it through church, doing Through you know, it doesn't matter for Mm -hmm. me. Is I am serving a mission, I'm serving a cause, Mm -hmm. and that's the most important. Interesting.
0: What is that mission, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um, there's, I can give you the short version of it. (laughs) The short version (laughs) of it is, um, I've always said that all of us are called to a certain things, and Mm -hmm. mine is I'm trying to answer the question of how do we live together, Mm. and how do you. Uh, make people live together. And mine is from uh, Isaiah 61. It says that, and they will be called ox of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, that they rebuild ancient ruins and rebuild city devastated for generations. Mm. And so mine has always been, whether it is through PLP, through I Debate, mine is how do you build uh, society after um, it has been destroyed, and mm. then how do people live together? Mm. And for me, that's what I'm, I'm 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 serving. That's what I'm moving, and that's that has been my mission. Mm. Yeah. Interesting, and
0: it sounds like it's it's something that comes from you know your faith, but also mm-hmm. where you grew up, right? Like if mm-hmm. you let's say found yourself in Norway do you think yeah. you would have the same mission like it's a combination yeah. of you having you know been yeah, born in Rwanda plus your faith
1: yeah and, and 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 isn't that what life is though mm. it's like it is through all this events and circumstances and people, that all of that combined then creates certain things in you Mm. that um, cannot happen in someone else. So there are Mm. certain things about you that, you know, I might, I mean, there there are things that you care about that Mm. I may be like, well, maybe Mm. it doesn't keep me up at night, (laughs) right? Mm. But a lot of our things is connected to our environment and who we are, the kind of, you know, upbringing we had and what we believe about the world. Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Have you always been that way? Like I'm a man, I'm in a mission or in your younger years, you were just living your best life.
1: (laughs) Oh, hell no, hell no, hell no. I mean, I don't know about anyone. Me, I I always, I think I listen to some of your podcasts and I listen to a um, a whole lot of things and I'm always looking. Everyone is like, oh, I had a very traumatic childhood. And I'm like, that's fine. it was a blast. For mm. me, I had fun. Like, uh we, we grew up in Lagos. Oh, I loved, you did? I didn't yeah, even nah, know. Okay. We, lived, we lived in Lagos for all my... Majority of my teen years were in uh-huh. Lagos. And then... So, I had a blast. Mm. I, loved, I loved it. When I came back... Anyone who knows me when I was a teenager, I was the coolest kid ever. Mm. I was... Part of the choir, I was. Uh, I was. I was part of the rugby team. I was part of the debate team. I was part of all these things. Mm-hmm. And for me, part of it was. I, I just. I just. And I was quite popular at that time. So I had. I had fun. Like I enjoyed mm-hmm. my life. And then all of a sudden, I remember. <laughs> for me, the the turning point was. Um, I got to a point and it felt empty. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I, I get all these fantastic things, but. What happens to my life? Like, um, am I making a difference? Do I do I do I feel like I'm making a difference? And then I remember um, I, when I became a Christian in 2006, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I want I want to live. I want to make. I want to have a great life. Mm. I want to be one of those people who, when when your life is done, you know, you say, well Well done, good and faithful mm. servant. Mm. And then what happens is then at that time, my dad was a minister. Mm-hmm. We lived in Yarutarama. Mm-hmm. I usually say that um, if anyone had told me there's poverty in Rwanda, I would have said it's true. Some people have a Benz and some others have a Corolla. Like that—that's oh. the amount of that's—that's mm. that's how exposed I was. Mm. And then I lived in Yarutaramas. So I used to, and then I meet these kids, and these kids were uh, from Varniahe, mm. right? And these kids, I used to go to play rugby, and then they would just accompany me at home, and then I'll, I'll give them food, and we'll have company, and then. They opened my world. Like mm. I remember they opened my world. All of a sudden, like these kids, um, I took them home once and then they. I gave them cold water. Mm. And when I gave them cold water, they started laughing. I was these kids laughing? Mm. And then, but they were like, ah. And it's like when you drink, it's having a, a weird effect on your mm, teeth. And I was tingly, like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, so this is the first time you drink cold water. Mm. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart. And I, I remember asking them, take me into your world. And I remember, I was like, well, I, God, I prayed for an amazing life. I didn't pray for a hard a hard life. Like, yeah. I don't know why I'm seeing all of this. Yeah. And to be honest, that was the first time I was exposed to so much need and so much hurt. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it was like, well, can I continue living my life in the way that um, that I was living? And Or... Do I see what is in front of me, and I try to do whatever I can, mm. and of course, imperfectly, right? It's mm-hmm. like so. From there, my heart was broken, and that's when we started PLP and all of that. And then from there, it just it just happened. Mm-hmm. And but for me, it was the, those experiences with those kids that it just show, opened my eyes to another world. Like mm-hmm. we grew up, like even guys here. I think I. Randa is poor. Mm Randa is poor. Like, Mm -hmm. when we were in Nigeria, I'm like, this is... Like, I saw what we mean rich. Like, Mm -hmm. guys who are... You know, guys who are eating their grandfather's money. Like, that's rich. Like, you know? (laughs) So, we were in that kind of circles, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in that kind of circles. And then you come and you expose and in the thing with those circles it's you know you see all the glorious things and then i look i don't want that Mm. to be honest like yeah it's nice comfortable i don't want that Mm. and then when i saw it it changed my life Mm. flipped my life Mm. ever and then from there it's just been yeah it's just been like okay cool uh and then you get a... I don't know if I would say you get addicted. So mm. oh, It's it's like, oh my gosh, if I make this thing, it can make an impact mm. in someone's life. Mm. Change my life. Yeah. Change my life. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I like that. I like what you ha- had to say about... Um, I mean, your purpose didn't necessarily come from your own, like, you know, pain or, you know, grow, growing up miserable, right? Mm-hmm. Like... Um, and, and I also don't like when people paint that picture that you, mm-hmm. like there is a pattern to life. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. go through atrocities, or I mean, not atrocities, like hard things, and then suddenly you have this realization and your purpose comes out of that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like that. You can also have a perfectly okay life. But because we live in a world that is full of suffering, you know, like even if your own life isn't full of pain, you can't necessarily be immune to pain. I think mm-hmm. even if you're living well, yeah. um it, it might lead to that emptiness which can also yeah. be painful and, and, yeah
1: and, and and part of it is is I think sometimes it's I, I see People make decisions Because they want to be In those circles mm. But They don't know How those circles True. look like You don't know How miserable I mean it's it's fine Yes Someone is is You know people say Well I'd rather cry In a La Lamborghini Than whatever But you're still crying Like mm. whatever the case Exactly You know And and you notice Like you've been In places where Someone has a house That has 35 rooms That are all empty mm. Because they have done So many wrong things And no one really Wants to be with them And, and you really think That life is far better Now Don't glorify suffering. Mm. I think we shouldn't glorify uh, or, you know, make it look nice. Like, Mm. make it look like, oh, maybe these guys are poor, but at least they're happy. No, Mm. it's, there is different ways that people are suffering. Mm. And you just have to know that there is no one here who's having a joyful life. This idea that, oh, well, you are a man, you should be enjoying. That's, I'm like, (laughs) you have never been a man. Like, you know, it's, it's or anyone is like, oh, you're from this culture, you must be. No, it's like, oh, white people enjoy they don't. Yeah. The the same problems. way, like rich people don't enjoy mm. their life more than anyone else. They have different comforts that are mm. nice. Yeah, yeah. But if you talk to them, man, they're miserable. Yeah. Many people are miserable, mm. and it has nothing to do with any category mm. that you want to be in. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess so. The conclusion there. I mean, we don't have to necessarily conclude or everything, but I think for me, what I've concluded is that. Um, yeah. So that suffering, I guess that's part of the fabric of life. Is something that we must all face, and it's it's something that you can't necessarily mask with anything. You can't mm-hmm. mask it with your wealth or education mm-hmm. or um, even poverty. You, can, you know, like you you can't. It's something you you must face. Mm-hmm. Like it's an internal thing that you must confront, mm-hmm. and everybody goes through that. I guess. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So I think you've I was going to ask uh, with, you know, PLP and I debate like what the impetus was. But it sounds like it it was through that experience with, you know, the kids who are around you. Um, But you've given yourself to these causes for many years now.
1: Yeah. So PLP 15. Last year, PLP celebrated 15 years Uh and I debate celebrated 10 years.
0: How does it feel to give yourself to something for too long? I mean, many people can't relate, especially <laughs> in this like modern world where you do something for two years yeah. and then you
1: move on. Ah, like. oh, man, there is no better feeling. Mm. But the feeling is at the end, not not, not during, during. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like I remember when when we celebrated um, when we were. I'll, I'll give you two examples. Mm. With, with with I debate when we celebrated ten years. I remember the big the. Biggest thing that that I had was um, I had heard someone say I think mm-hmm. it was that um, one French philosopher that I listened to uh, Tariq Ramadan and he said that uh, in French mm-hmm. on a on a tort si on a raison trop tôt, mm-hmm. and it is that we are we are wrong when we are right too soon, mm-hmm. and the problem is that we overestimate what we can do in a year, but underestimate what we can do in ten, mm-hmm. right. And I remember in in I debate, I think, and I'm like, you know, think of it in this manner. You're coming in a in a society like Rwanda, where no, if anyone stands out, they're called Gusha mm-hmm. Inshaniuti. You're not supposed to say what you think, and you're not supposed to question whatever authority, whether it's your father at home, because what the father says. It is that, the teacher, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then now you're saying, no, actually, it, sh- it should be fine for us to learn how to disagree constructively. And then you're doing that, and everyone is like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's okay, we're going to do it. And you do it for 10 years. And I usually tell guys, 10 years, um, and I got paid the first salary eight and a half years later, right? Wow. And And then, but you are still on. Keeping on, keeping on. And then you arrive at 10 years. And now what you started and everyone, uh, now everyone is clapping. Mm -hmm. And then everyone is like, oh, yeah, we we have always supported that. We Mm -hmm. always. And then I was like, I remember sitting and I told my brother. And I don't know if I would just say it, whatever. Mm. I usually say I say whatever I want to say. And then you disagree. And I told my brother, I'm like, I was right. Mm. I was right. I stayed in this for so long. It broke my heart. It broke Everything that I had, but I was right. Mm. And now I can do whatever I want Mm. because I know that in this moment I was right. Mm. And then you look at PLP 15 years and I'm like, there is no greater gift, no greater gift in life than to sit and see that something that you started and something that you did, that you are able to see it live outside of you. And then secondly, the amount of confidence it gives you, not in the sense of like I'm all it mm. no. The, the 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 thing is I stay the same. Mm. My heart has remained the same. And what I said, 15 years, I can repeat it today with a little bit more wisdom. Yeah. But I can repeat it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with, because as we time, you see, I'm like, well, what happens? Like, man, when we are 20, everyone is like excited. We want to change the world. You get mm-hmm. at 30, everyone's like, what are you doing? It's like, that's no longer cute, <laughs> right? And everyone is about now getting a house, getting a car, getting this. And for me, it's like, but what about those big things that we wanted to do? And for me, when I look back, it's like, man, you work with these kids, Like you work with these kids and then now they're adults and then you see the kid and you remember them when they were like, I remember them. I'm like, man, what people are seeing now, I saw it when you were 12 and what an amazing thing, like what an amazing chance Mm. to do that. But you gotta stay the course. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta stay the course. You can't. You can't expect to see something mm-hmm. within the next five. years. It's like you're 22 and then you're talking about. You don't know what your life is. No man. Mm-hmm. It, t- it takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes time. But it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of it, you sit back and you say, man, I, I can't. I can't believe I get to live this. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like uh, it's very few people get to see that, That's and, like, and I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm so grateful that's so amazing mm, yeah
0: it's amazing it just you gave me flashbacks of our, uh, you know graduation day in university you know they had this <laughs> signs that said the world awaits you know like yeah all the places
1: you'll go <laughs> and we all had this like warm feeling oh, like
0: yeah. yes we're going to change the world right, you know
1: right. <laughs> It's one of my favorite songs i think it's it like i hope you dance no. i don't know if you know the song mm. um uh He says, I hope you never settle for the path of risk resistance. Mm. And then he says, I hope when it gets tough, you know, I hope you dance. Mm. And it's this idea that um, life happens. Life happens. Life happens and you have to make hard choices. Mm. But then that you never really uh, get to a point where you forget to dance, to really live out that Mm. life with adventure and, you know, Mm. all of it but uh, but life happens it does i mean life happens yeah
0: and i was going to ask you like what do you think helped you right because you know like you said we all come out with this you know starry-eyed excited to change the world and then uh, let's say you know you're on a mission and let's say your friends start i don't know getting big titles and you can be enticed to start following those things what do you think you know helped you to stay the course
1: Uh, I'll be lying if I said it's any I mean it's God man It's Mm. God I swear Like every 99% of my life is frustration Mm. Then that 1% of Oh my God I get to do this But 99% is frustration Mm. You have to deal with Oh nah, I gotta pay for salaries. I gotta figure out this. how do we pay for this? How do we do this? But for me it was first of all, there was there was there was God that, and that conviction. Like mm-hmm. this is this is good work. Mm-hmm. And and then also to be honest, like that there's something about when your heart breaks. Like I always mm-hmm. tell, and 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 it's it has a you know religious connotation to it, but it's it's almost like it has to break your heart. It has to be something that keeps you up at night. And if it's just a good idea, good ideas don't... If it's just to make quick money, you... Nah, I don't think money or or passion per se can keep you... Mm. It has to be something that is deep, mm-hmm. that you have deep convictions. And then also, I'm stubborn, to be honest. I'm also stubborn. <laughs> I just like to prove a point and yeah. I had to prove a point. Yeah. And I couldn't just leave it at that, mm. right? And But but it's it's also... Know people, man. I got mm-hmm. People come, people come, and and they do these amazing things. Some of the old kids come and and they tell, they send you a message, and they have no idea how that you're on the brink of just giving up. And they mm-hmm. send you a message and say, "Hey, man, thank you. Uh, it's been ten years, mm-hmm. but thank you so much." You you see this, and you see something that you thought was impossible happen. So mm-hmm. you think it's possible, mm-hmm. and the, sometimes you wonder, I'm like, maybe I should give up at some point. And that's the struggle you have because it. Uh, It's tough. And then you're like, how much of it is. My friends usually say that I like suffering. I was like, how much of it is just me liking suffering? And then how much of it is like, life can be lighter, you know? It doesn't have to be that intense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There is a. Yeah. So, uh, on what you were saying, so there's something I read in a book that shall not be named on my podcast because the title is not clean, but uh, (laughs) he talks about... um, So, I mean, this guy really went out and lived his life, lived in all kinds of countries, dated all kinds of people. uh, And it was actually surprising, you know, hearing this from him, you Mm -hmm. know, because he talks about, in the end, I guess, some of his conclusions is that there is like a a beauty to committing to something for a long time. Yes. That you can't really get... From, let's say, living in all kinds of cities that you want to live in or, you know, working in all kinds of companies that you w- want to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that actually opened my eyes. That at some point, you know, as much as the world sometimes can give you all kinds of options, um, there is a fulfillment and satisfaction you want to get if you just, you know, keep hoping around. Uh, because you don't get to see anything through, you know, to the
1: point exactly. Of I, I've just yeah. finished. I just interesting enough. I just yeah. finished a book by uh, David Brooks. It's mm. called The Second Mountain, mm. and then he says that there um, that. The, he talks about two mountains one mm-hmm. one of the mountains is uh, what he called building the, the CV right mm-hmm. so you do all of these things for money and you want to be famous and you want to do this but then that a crisis happens mm-hmm. and then now you want to build your eulogy mm-hmm. p- things that people are going to say when you die mm-hmm. and one of the things that he says is that there are that commitments shape who you are as a person and he says that there's four kind. if I remember four kinds of commitment mm-hmm. first of all is commitment to a cause, Mm -hmm. that means something that is outside of you that you're Mm -hmm. going to serve for a long period of time, there's a commitment to a relationship, so who you marry or who you are Mm -hmm. connected to, your friendships, Mm -hmm. um, shape your life, there's a commitment to, um, I think uh, uh, a religion or a faith Mm -hmm. and then there's also an intellectual um, uh, and then a commitment to a community, Mm -hmm. right, so uh, this idea that you have to be in a community for a really long time, Mm -hmm. and then he says that the problem with the kind of life that we're living Now is that we, um, he calls it the aesthetic life, but the Mm. empty life. So, for example, you will notice when someone says, you know, someone will go out and then they will take a video of 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 themselves at the beach and it's like oh living my best life but the reality is it's probably a very lonely life Mm. like if you haven't been in those places you think like oh it's actually nice but it's actually no it's Mm. empty like a lot of those people then end up living for that what they really love is when they get to post this so that people can say oh my god I really want your life but if they're honest they're like I don't even like my life right Mm. and the thing is also that we are promoting this very empty life where it's about being popular, being being known, rather than actually being a person who is committed to a certain thing and who is doing certain things and who is good, right? And, and that is tough. And mm. then when you have no... And that's why the old... Sometimes... And you see it with time. Mm. Like, sometimes we we mock our parents that they have been going to the same church for 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. But then what ends up happening is that when life tragedy happened, then those people are there. But... We can't say the same for us mm-hmm. because you are everywhere, and nowhere at the mm-hmm. same time, right? And and it's it's tough because then it's the, the question is always what is, and again I don't have to make it too deep, but it's always a question of what constitutes the good life. Mm-hmm. And I personally think that every year we hear, "I'm going to cut off people, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do, I'm going to go me, I'm going to do this." But the reality is, what makes a good life is relationships. It is commitment. It is people who. Uh, who love you in spite of yourself mm-hmm. and who truly know you like love love without truth then is empty, right? Mm-hmm. it's 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 nice. Well I love you, you in spite mm-hmm. like uh, can I be honest, it's like I've been in places where I am speaking to a thousand people Mm. and it's lonely as hell. Mm. Like I've been in places where I'm standing there and I've gotten, I've tasted that. There's no one who can lie to me anything. I've (laughs) tasted, I've tasted all of that. I've been in places Mm -hmm. where I enter and I like, oh my God, oh my God. Like I've had that. Mm. Empty. Mm. Empty, 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 empty. I've been in some of the best places in the world. I mean, I've been, and I look and I'm like, this is beautiful. Mm. Empty, right? But I've also been in places where I know I'm seated with this person who I love and loves me and we're doing nothing. Mm. (laughs) And it has been more meaningful than anything else. And so it is, it is always wondering, you know, it's the aesthetic life. I wish you knew. I wish Mm. people were honest about, oh, I'm taking all of this, but actually, man, I'm I'm lonely as hell. Like I'm, 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 I I don't like my life, right? Mm. And, and to see that sometimes it's the the really small things in life that we take for granted that actually mm. matter in the end, mm. yeah
0: good, yeah, we can talk about that point forever and, and and now that you know I mean we're seeing a lot of people have always i don't i guess died right, but um yeah, sometimes like people in your circle you know when they die, I think it kind of makes you stop and think, you know, what am I living for? I mean, this thing has a deadline, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, in 10 years, I can actually now ask myself these big questions, right? Like, it's, it's whether you delay it or not, like, yeah, I think it's important at, at some point in life to to confront these big Mm -hmm. questions life usually does has a way of doing that but you can also choose exactly (laughs) (laughs) you can also choose to ask yourself these questions you know a little bit sooner before you kind of put in a corner to check yourself yeah definitely yeah okay so something else that i wanted to i guess still on that point there is this quote from um jordan peterson you know, so he talks about, so the quote goes, I don't know if it's a direct quote, but he says, you know, the better ambitions have to do with the development of character and ability rather than status and power. You know, status you can lose, you know, you carry character with you wherever you go, and it allows you to prevail against adversity. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of, you know, aligns with what we we're saying. Uh, but my question is, how do you encourage people to actually? go that route you know like instead of maybe pursuing status and power um you can still achieve status and power it's fine Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like deep down you are committed to this life where developing your character um you know becoming it's like a substantial person yeah you know how how can you make sure
1: that that sinks for people? And that it's 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 tough because yeah. nobody likes to do hard things. Yeah. you know it it actually is status and power is it's sweet. Yeah. it's sweet. It's, it's, it's it let no one lie to you. It's mm. sweet, but the problem is that that can be easily taken away. And, and, and by the way, especially in places like Radha, like, Mm. man, today you can be a a, a big guy, the next, like, literally within seconds, it changes. Mm. And, and the problem sometimes is that we believe a lot of those lies. Like, we believe that you're all that, you're doing all. But the reality is that I'm so grateful to one of my mentors. When I was 20, he told me, he's like, that... Um, he asked me, you know, how uh, to, to write my eulogy. He, I, I have my eulogy written. I wrote it down. <laughs> and I had to think of what would my family say, what would my friends say, and then from there live a life on, you know. Mm. And and one of the things that I've always said is um, that how I will ever uh, evaluate my life is that... Um, the closest people to me will say the best things about me. Mm. And the problem is that I know too many people who eh, everyone is out there, they, they look very nice, but you sit with them and it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 no, like mm-hmm. you're not you're not a good person. Mm-hmm. Like you you you're arrogant, you step on people, you do all of that because that's what it it is shown. But it is it is it is it is important because I've seen how life changes. Like I've seen mm-hmm. how life changes. And I'll give you an example. Um uh, there was a period where my dad was, you know, he was top. Like he was, I mean, he was top. He was everywhere, everyone. And then he fell sick for about four months. Mm-hmm. And you'd literally go from that down. And life changed. And I remember mm-hmm. sitting and I'm like, oh my God, where are all the clapping? Mm-hmm. Where is everyone who's like, oh my God, oh my God, where are they? They are nowhere to be seen. Yeah. But you know what I saw is that in that moment, it is people who know you and who you are yeah. outside of all of this. When the money, when all of that is taken away, my one of my mentors always tells me every time to, to evaluate my leadership is like, if you had no title, if you had no position and you had no resources... Would the people who are following you still follow you? Mm. And, and that is the way that I evaluate. Mm-hmm. So meaning that if the the guys that I work with, not, not the ones who see me out there you can create. Mm-hmm. like you can everyone has this thing. you can brand yourself, you can make it like, don't no matter. <laughs> if the guys who know me on a daily, mm-hmm. if I didn't have all the titles, would they still call me up to meet up? Mm-hmm. And would the kids that I employ and who the guys that I work with, would they still call me if I didn't have the titles? And if I can't say yes to that, then it means I have some work to do. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard. Um, And we take shortcuts, right? Because um, if we can be made to believe that the problem with the world is everyone else and the problem is the society, they don't want you to prosper, then that's an easy cop out. Like that's an easy, easy way out. Mm -hmm. Because it can't be that the problem is the world, right? And sometimes it's like, nah, it's an honest look at yourself and, and being like, what what can i do better and if you don't know ask your friends they know mm. they know for sure they know they probably don't say it but they know it mm-hmm. and and then also committing every year for me one of the commitments that i have is i every year i have a, a commitment to a certain things and i'm like i'm going to do this specific things and so i'll show you again just something mm-hmm. i did because yeah. i'm extra sometimes <laughs> so i i wrote down my life my life life plan Okay. I wrote down my life plan which um outlines uh, it has my eulogy, it has my values, the values that I aspire to live by. It has my commitments and that is my commitment to to God, to relationships and mm-hmm. I outline in those the the levels of relationships and then the kind of person I'm committing to being that is as in all the roles as a son, as a sibling, as a spouse, future spouse, as, as, as a mentor, as a mentee, mm. and then the plans that I have for my life. After writing that, I give it to the people that matter in my life. Mm. And then they have the right to tell me, eh, on this point, mm. no. Right? And once I outline that, mm. then it becomes very easy. Then I, I can be held accountable by the people who matter the most. Mm. So, for example... Um, I'll give you something like okay, a value for example a value is um, one of the values humility and what I say is I can learn something from everyone mm-hmm. right and then um, with that how is it applied in my relationship is I will always assume the best of everyone I'm always approachable and always accessible and also I will always usually uh, in, our, in our work as I, I'll say I'll always pick up the chairs mm-hmm. what does it mean so we go to a tournament <clears throat> and I'm the, I'm the I'm the big guy there Right, Mm. it's like you're the big guy these kids have been they know about you you're all this guy oh my god Jean-Michel is here but I'll pick up the chairs if Mm. we have to move things I will do it right Mm. and the thing is I should be coming you know Mm. waving at people (laughs) shaking hands taking pictures but I'm like no Mm. pick up the chairs Mm. because that's the least work right that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the job for the for the other guys mm-hmm. and and I will always ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. even to the kids like I we something we do wrong and I literally go and sit in front of these 14 year olds and I say we did wrong and I apologize mm-hmm. and for me I don't have to mm-hmm. I don't have to but in terms of the kind of person that I want to become mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. because if I can't ask for forgiveness to a 14 year old who I know that we probably did something wrong and maybe it's not even my fault then I'll get too big for my head. Mm-hmm. Like I'll think I'm all that, mm-hmm. and that's not good. Mm-hmm. So you commit to some of that, and it's hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. It's it's easier to just sit and just get the glory, let mm-hmm. everyone. go. it's it's it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice, but it doesn't help you accomplish what you really want to yeah
0: and yeah and it's it's a it's a slippery slope yep. right i don't think anyone degenerates like in one day mm-hmm. it's like those little things like oh you know and I, I don't think i'm too good to you know pick the chairs
1: right you know? right
0: and then it becomes into something that you don't oh, you don't know, want to even face um so i mean you work with a lot of young people right and how do you make sure i mean i with i debate i know the focus is on like debates um but how do you make sure you know for example you know v- the right values right are also being transmitted um to the people that you work with you work with because i feel like yeah nowadays i mean yeah you can get You learn values from, let's say, your family. You know, if you happen to come from a family that prioritizes, you know, forming you into a certain person, um, but a lot of people now are getting values from TV, from social media, from the world around them. Um, And it doesn't always translate into, you know, good values. So someone like you who has access to so many people who are still in that malleable state, how, how are you ensuring that? what you're doing for yourself also
1: translates it's tough first of all it's tough I mean um, I usually say that I became I became a father before having my own children (laughs) but one of the things is um, it's understanding anyone who knows our work Mm. I don't do in debate and public speaking that's Mm. that's that's the platform that we have Mm. um we're in the business of building people mm-hmm. that's that's to be honest and 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 I'll tell you anyone who has been in i debate none of them will tell you that oh my gosh the, the I learned how to form an argument mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. is I learned that my voice matters I learned that if I do hard work that it pays off I learned that you know I can do far more than I could think now it was easy to do it when you have um, 10 to 15 schools. It's easy to do because you have just that. But then one of the problems that we have now is, now we have so many schools, and I'm like, how do we do it, right? It is tough because now we have too many people, everyone coming from different places and different things, and one of the things that I always have to remember is that um, I didn't get, a lot of the kids didn't get the same chances that I got. Mm-hmm. So for example, for me, um, one of the, the things I tell this kids is if I can teach you how to work hard I would have given you the best thing Mm. but the problem is how do you teach them when they have never seen that and also on top of that Mm. they are coming from many of them are coming from families where um, I usually say uh, many people I I, to be and and that is the the fear that I have Mm. Um, to be honest in this generation that many people who um, just grow up but they were not raised, Yeah, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Many of the kids, we have a problem, and Mm -hmm. honestly, uh, we can look, there's all these campaigns about alcohol. Alcohol is just a small thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a small thing. The real problem is that there are thousands of kids who basically grew up being raised by their house help or who grew up without knowing any 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 parent, I tell you, a lot of the kids we end up you end up being like a father figure in their life. You end up being like a big brother. And when they tell you, every every teenager ha- hates their parents. Mm. Every teenager doesn't like their parents. Mm. But the ones that we're dealing with, they hate their parents. Like they really literally tell you, "Is who is this stranger coming to tell me what to do when my whole life they're just they would." I've never seen them, them, right? And and then where they're supposed to learn that they're important or anything, it's not working. Now you are faced, like now you are faced with, like I don't understand, like I never understood why. Why should I tell you that you're awesome? Like my job as a coach (laughs) is not to tell you you're awesome. Like that's not my job. And for me, I used to get pissed. I'm like, yeah, no. My job is to push your limits and really see that you go far. But if at home, they're not getting that affirmation, affirmation, then it means that you're pushing them sounds like a lot of criticism mm-hmm. and a lot of hatred right so then now my struggle is do i tell them you're awesome but hey but you're also not that awesome it's mm-hmm. it's tough because then you're supposed to do the job that parents are supposed to do and and then from there hmm. you find that you can you can you can you can do i mean we can that's to be honest on friday last week and this whole week with our team we have said There is a problem that we need to deal with, with a lot of kids who, first of all, don't know how to work hard. That's number one. A lot of kids who are entitled. So they're supposed to win. They're supposed to, everyone should give them things just because they want. And then, and then when you tell them no, then there's something wrong with you, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lack of internal reflection of maybe I could do something better. But then also, why? Because when they go at home, their parents don't educate them. Their parents don't raise them. Their parents, because of guilt, they will give them whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Oh, dad, I want this. They'll give it to them. And that's a sign of love. Mm -hmm. But you're destroying them. If you're telling a 14-year-old that he is right all the time, then you're not like you're you're, you're abdicating mm, your exactly. own responsibility, right? Mm. Like I remember my mom told me something when I was young, um, and 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 at first I was like, Oh, "You're so mean." She said, "I am not your friend. I am your mother," and mm-hmm. she said, "And if I do my job well, I'll be your friend later mm. on." And and that is because she said you can have many friends, but only one mother. Mm. And then my job is to raise you. And then if I do my job well. I'll be your friend. And Mm. my mom is my friend. Why? Because she took her responsibility seriously. Mm. And the problem sometimes, we either have parents who, on one side, prize their kids. Mm. They terrorize their kids. Like, literally, you can see terror in their kids' eyes. Or on the other side, those who abdicate their role. Mm. Who just like, hey, do whatever. But weirdly enough, which I found weird, is kids, when they grow, I'll give you one example and I'll I'll be done. There was Mm. one time... um, One kid, um, when I was teaching, um, one kid had a very bad grade. And then, you know, she said, oh, my God, my parents are going to kill me. And then the other kid responded, at least you, your parents care enough. You see, Mm. both of them. Two extremes. Two extremes. Mm. The two extremes. And now having how do we build that middle, it's hard, man. Like it's it's hard. And and on a good day, I'm like, oh my God, we get to do this, we get to raise a generation. But on a bad day, I'm like, man, these people take your own kids, man. Mm. I'm not I'm not <laughs> responsible for your kids. But but it's scary. Mm. Like I swear, like it's it's just that we don't everyone is like, Oh, drinks, drinks. But it's mm. not the issue, man. Mm. There's something deeper. Yeah. Mm. There's something deeper.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the scary thing is that these are our future right. leaders, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's important work to... I mean, you can't play the role of parents, but, um, yeah, I also see it around me. You know, mm-hmm. distracted parents, parents who are not present, parents, parents who are busy... Um, yeah, and I think, I mean, some of the dangers of these things usually come out, I don't know, in 15 years down the line. Exactly. So sometimes you don't see, you know, kids are tamed and they're there. You can't see them... Mm-hmm. Degenerating unless the, the, the rebellious ones maybe they start yeah. using drugs and <laughs> and becomes a problem, but there's a lot of um, unformed if that's a word people out there yeah. who are just
1: existing yeah. and but yeah. but but think of it in this manner. We have a generation who um, came in from hardship and then one they come they, they build a nation and all mm. of that but here's the problem: The problem is that then. Once they are settled and they do well, many of them say, because I have struggled, I don't want my kid to struggle. Mm. But what they're not noticing is that they're then killing their kid. Because if they say, for example, I mean, you hear a parent who say, no, 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 my kid should not. So I'll I'll give you a simple example. Mm. I say, training starts at 9. 8.45, you're all in the classroom. 9, I start speaking. You're late. Don't come. Mm. And then this kid, the parent comes. They come at the the kids know. They Mm. respect that. Mm. They know. Then the parent comes. The kid comes with the parent at nine forty, and then the parent is like, "Ah, I am so and so. I do this and Mm -hmm. this and this." And then you know, my kid uh, should. uh, I'm I'm coming to drop the kid. I'm like, no, no, they are not entering. Mm. And then they try to threaten you, and I'm like, you. First of all, you can't threaten me. But then, secondly, it's like. You're not doing harm to me. You're doing harm to your kid. Mm. You're, Who's doing you're doing harm. Exactly. That, yeah. And not only that, but you're also telling them that because they have a certain thing, that then they are not bound by the, mm. the same rules as everyone things. else. Mm. You get away with stuff. Mm. Then what happens when they go out in this in this in this in this world? Mm. What happens when they come to work at nine thirty because oh I just I overslept? Mm. You get fired. Mm. Like you get fired. And the problem is that then they don't want to allow their kids to also experience life's hardships which are you need to learn to do hard things Mm -hmm. and hard things are hard Mm -hmm. like there is no way around it Mm -hmm. and the problem is if you don't do the hard things and you're not forming the character of these kids they're not learning that hey learn how to clean up your room do all of this not only that but also learn how to learn how to do things Mm -hmm. like learn how to do it is this idea that my kid is special just Mm -hmm. for that so then, when a kid comes and then they come to a tournament and they lose, there is this how? Yeah. <laughs> and then they want a certificate of participation. I'm like, well, uh, no, but I should have a certificate because I've put in so work. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. There's only one winner, and if we give certificate to everyone, it loses value. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish, it doesn't say anything about who you are as a person. It just means you gotta work harder. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, and and we have, no, we're keeping the standard up. You have to raise up to that standard. And when you... Get kids who feel like you have to, right? It, it used to be that before you prepared. The, someone said, "I don't know, I think Jordan Peterson was mm. like you. You prepare the kid for the for the for the world, but then now it's almost like now you change the world for the kid, right?" Yeah. And no, it's not. It
0: doesn't work like that. It doesn't that. work yeah. like that.
1: No. Yeah,
0: and and you know, a lot of people live with frustration because the world is not what they want it to be. Exactly, you know, you're not facing reality as it is. It's like, oh, why why are people treating me a certain way? Like, exactly. That's how the world is you know
1: yeah and 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 and, and you got to find your affirmations that's why you need good friendships mm-hmm. like you need you need uh, you need uh, good parents who are mm-hmm. going to tell you that you're you're imp- like it's almost that balance mm-hmm. i don't know i have a theory and i might be wrong but i don't care the the theory is that someone i heard someone say that you know usually you have your your mom mm-hmm. and to your mom you are everything you're mm-hmm. you're awesome mm-hmm. But And she will always tell you, even if you're the last in class. Mm-hmm. Right? But then there's also that silent voice of a father mm-hmm. who would yeah. say, uh-huh, you're the second, that's good, mm-hmm. but why aren't you first? Exactly. So you need that balance of, of, of that hardship of like, man, I can't just do anything. Mm-hmm. And then also, but I know I'm loved. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, love can't be based on performance. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But there also needs to be that standard. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that maybe sometimes fathers are not doing their job of being like, yeah, good, but you can do better. Mm. Like I, my team, the other day were discussing and they said that the only time Jean-Michel tells you good job is when you're leaving, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're leaving is when they're like, ah, yeah. that's my kid, right? <laughs> but before that, he's like, okay, uh uh-huh, why this, why aren't you doing, but it's that, Mm. like we need, and and I've been so blessed to have people who do that for Mm. me, right, being like, I feel like, man, like you really think I haven't done anything? Mm. Like, like, no, 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 I feel like you're lazy, Mm. just do this and this, Mm. and it's important, it's important.
0: I think going back to your faith, I mean, your Christian faith, Mm. I I think it also, I think it also, it's one of those faiths, I guess, or Mm. beliefs that strikes that balance very well, Okay, so, yeah, you're all that you're loved beyond measure, mm-hmm. but <laughs> at the same time you're not. Uh, you know, I mean, in Christianity they use the word sinner, right? Yeah. Like, so it's yeah. that balance of I'm loved and nothing can change that. I'm good, you know, but I'm not exactly. You
1: know, I need to work on. Yeah. on it is. It is that tension of I am created in the image of God, and I am, um, and I have dignity that cannot be taken mm-hmm. away by anyone. Mm. And then also that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, mm. and that we're all sinners. Mm. And you have to hold those two attention. Mm. That at the core you are loved and broken, mm. right? And at the core you are good. And then also, uh, mm. right? Mm. So you have to hold those two mm. things at, uh, mm. at, at attention.
0: Mm. And and when that that is out of balance, I think you have two extremes of so people. Let's say who they don't know they loved, so they work too hard and they're mm. too compliant and they're. Mm. Probably even successful, you know, outwardly, mm-hmm. but they lack that um, healthy core. Of yes. you know what, even if all of this was were going to, to fall apart, mm-hmm. I can still rebuild. In, the, exactly. in the, uh, exactly, or people who are who think they are just good and they, you know, yeah. the world is supposed to adjust to who they are. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. That's a great mm-hmm. So, create w- illustration.
0: So, one of the things that I wanted us to talk about was, you know formulating your own beliefs right um i think yeah so we are we are born and you observe the world around you 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 know grab like pick up different you know beliefs etc. see and then i think most of us when you start getting like maybe late teens early 20s when you're in that identity formulation phase you start mm-hmm. wondering okay what do i believe this what do i believe that um and yeah, some people do the work of, they say, trying to understand how the world works, and you know, reading about different things. Uh, this is when you find that, um, let's say, people who grew up believing a certain thing, you know, they abandon it completely because it doesn't make sense. Um, but what, it, yeah, what is that process usually like, and why is it important that you have a stance on different things that happen in the world? To me, you know, maybe before you answer, I would say. It's so that I am not, I don't know, controlled, that I have my own thoughts as a human being, that I'm not just being blindly led in life, mm-hmm. that, you know, whether it's my faith, I know I, even for the things I don't understand, because I don't, You know, I don't think there is room for (laughs) mystery and not understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, But that at least I know why I chose to follow this path. Um, And for other things, let's say, you know, politics and um, view of money or relationships, yeah, like it's good to to always have a stance, you know, because I feel like then I'm growing up as a person with agency and not someone who's. Um, being blindly led to right. to follow things and live a certain way.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you, you yeah. answered it. That's yeah. that's the right thing. It's it's uh, mm. knowing that I'm, I make choices based on convictions, mm. and it's important to have convictions. Mm. And but then also give room to be wrong, mm. right? Uh, mm. uh, holding that tension that maybe I am wrong, mm. and then and that's why for me, for example, I'm against this. Uh, people who would say, uh, for example, I'm a feminist and I only read feminists—that's mm, bad. Mm. You should read people who disagree with uh, that, mm. because easily, what will end up happening is easily in your mind you create this idea that anyone who disagrees with you is uh, misogynistic, mm. patriarchic, mm. and all of that. <laughs> and but but the problem is that mm. then you're becoming a fundamentalist. Mm. It is this idea that you have to balance. I have a stance. Um, um, I, I think the the term that we that I've heard is convicted civility. Mm. That I am convicted. I have I have a conviction. I have a stance, and then. But I'm able to allow for people to disagree, mm-hmm. and understanding that they probably, you know, know something, mm-hmm. right? And understanding that I can always learn something from everyone, and it doesn't change the mm-hmm. the fact of what I believe to be true. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's impo- it's important because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to be swayed in everything, exactly. everywhere, and anything. But you also what I have found just the the last thing is, you you also have to have a very deep conviction of how human beings are Mm -hmm. and then what motivates them and then most of all how you would treat them because that should be beyond any sort of ideology. Mm, right? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. the problem is that we, okay, let's say um, I'm I'm becoming, all of a sudden there's a new movement like uh, there was, right, uh, Occupy Wall Street Mm. or, uh, you know, there's um, there's, uh, feminism and Mm. then you end up justifying Uh, what you would not rather uh, in other places justify. So you would justify doing harm to someone who disagrees with you for the greater good. Mm. That has created problems in every society, whether it is religious circles, but even atheist circles Mm. and even political ideologies. It is this idea that certain ideologies justify you doing harm to others yeah. and it should never mm. the conviction needs to be that i will respect everyone and mm. it doesn't mean i have to agree with them mm. and i will treat everyone in uh, with dignity mm. and that does far more than anything else mm. yeah absolutely okay
0: yeah moving on uh, so yeah so it's something i've seen you being open about um in the past year or so, I think it has to do with your father's passing um, you know i've I've seen you basically kind of publicly share um that process of loss and grief and how you've you've navigated that um do you wanna you know share a little bit about that how is how has
1: that been? For you? Um last year was the hardest year of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. It was mm-hmm. the hardest year of my life. Um I usually um used to say that I know how to deal with hard things. Mm-hmm. Um usually I'm, i I go to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is not good. I go to work and I just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. But last year is the first time I was like, man, this 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 literally I felt like my, my legs were cut off. Mm-hmm. I could I couldn't do anything and um, it's hard and it should be hard Mm. Um, it's hard because you know when someone is sick for a long time you maybe expect but then when someone dies suddenly and um, someone who's close to you um, it changes you it changes you it shakes you at the core Mm -hmm. and um, on top of that is you you are left um, with so much pain and so much grief that uh, sometimes it feels overwhelming, overwhelming. And um, for me, it, it 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 has been that it has been overwhelming. It has been, you know, life changing. And I always say the, the the problem. One of the things that I noticed. It changed a lot of the things, the way that I view life. Mm. Um, and I also noticed, especially in my Christian circles, it's like we don't know how to deal with darkness. Mm. Like, Let me tell you, uh, my speciality in terms of I have done a lot of studies about evil and about violence, about that. That's, if you look at my library, about 40 or 50% of the books are about that. Mm-hmm. And I have preached sermons I've taught classes about Why evil happens and mm-hmm. all of it But I can prepare you mm-hmm. I swear I knew All the arguments, I knew everything But when life happens mm-hmm. You can be as Smart, you can be as Religious, mm-hmm. you can be as Whatever you want to be But when death happens Death shakes you mm-hmm. Shakes you mm-hmm. And someone told me that Um I spent a year trying as uh, as much as possible to read about grief, to read about all this, and it did help, yeah, did help mm. and that's because emotions are are not meant to be understood, they're meant to be felt mm. and mm. and how do you feel it when they're mm. so intense? Mm. you know you feel like everything is just heightened, everything mm. is intense, but I always think of it as. Job with a broken limb, you know, with a just mm. with a limp, and yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it's been for me. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I don't think you go back to you can never go back to being who you were. No. Yeah, um, and like you were saying, like sometimes there's that temptation, I guess, to try to understand things, which is fine, right? Like understand what it, what is it that I'm going through, but some of these things can just only be felt you know yeah. through pain and um yeah and crying until it kind of
1: leaves your yeah. system and and then also um one of the things I, I did a very extensive um research and 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 asking what happens i mean i was reading on death and and suffering and then when you read the bible you find that Everyone wants the question of why, why, mm. why, why, why. And a lot of people will answer it. When you look at Job, they would say it's something that you have done or it's something, you know, you have all these explanations. But God never answers why. Mm. God never answers. and But he gives you his presence, right? And he gives you his presence. And sometimes you're like, is that good? Mm. Is that, or that will... These answers will never come. You try to find answers, but they will never come. But part of it is learning how to to live with it, which I have not learned how to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still learning how mm-hmm. to. And also just allowing the wave of emotions to come, and mm-hmm. when they come, they come. Don't mm-hmm. fight it. Mm-hmm. You know, before it used to be like, ah, you know, now... Mm-hmm. Don't fight it. Um, And then also treat yourself as someone who is sick. Mm, I'm sick and you're Mm. not supposed to. And have grace for yourself. Mm. Um, I'm tough on myself, Mm. which is like suck it up, Mm. smooth. Mm. (laughs) But now I'm a lot more graceful to myself. Mm. So I don't do, I've tried this year, I'm not doing work. Mm. Um, What I don't have the energy for, I don't do. My mission this year is... I get obsessive about things. Mm. Now, my obsession this year is to get well. Mm. That's my That's obsession, good. to get well. If it means... Um, I have a grief therapist, so I didn't know that existed. Mm. <laughs> People <laughs> are specialized in yeah, yeah, they are specialized in grief. Mm. And I am so grateful for that. Mm. Because you sit and you talk and you talk and they explain things. I think the one that I have... Uh, we do online sessions. She's mm. in Kenya, but mm. we like it's a good combination of she's able to explain to me w- certain things and what I'm going through, and also allow me to talk. So it's it's been helpful, mm. being helpful, mm. and uh, yeah, but yeah, take it one step at a time. Mm. Yeah, mm.
0: and there's no timeline to grieving. I think, no. yeah, yeah. What was it like being raised by? Joe (laughs) (laughs)
1: the the thing about 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 him I always say is what you see is what you get Mm. the way he was outside is the same way he was home Mm. right he was I always and that's what makes it hard man he was a larger than life kind of Mm. guy right the the one thing I I I um, I loved um, about about him uh, you know I always say well the thing about parents you, you learn that our parents are flawed mm-hmm. and as your kid you're all oh, my dad but then also it's like you, you're you living in that tension that, that pressure of like you know mm-hmm. oh you're the son of Joe wherever you go Mungo, I mean, mm-hmm. everything but also like Nothing gives me greater joy than to knowing that he was a good man. Mm. He was a good man and everywhere. Mm. Like, he he picked up everyone's call. He treated everyone nicely and everyone with respect. Mm. And I say that's easy to do it when you are a small guy with no accomplishments but he did it when he was at his top mm. when he was when he was the most famous minister when he would go in places and people are screaming he would always greet everyone and treat everyone with respect and that for me is a better like there is no better legacy mm. right um since his passing i a year later some mm. people would write to you and say hey man i never knew your dad passed away mm. and like we have had about four ceremonies in 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 however many countries mm. right there've been two songs written and sung about him mm. i've met had ceremonies in in all these different places around the world and for me i sit and i say wow wow mm. because you we went to lagos and you would find guys are like ah I didn't know. I didn't Everyone is like, he made everyone feel like they're best friends. Mm. Like, that's, that's an, like, I don't know. Mm. Like, you gotta be good. He made everyone feel like, ah, he was my best friend. Mm. (laughs) Like, at (laughs) at the ceremony in Lagos, everyone was like, ah, he was my best friend. He was Mm. my, you know, and he had a very contagious laugh. He he knew how to make everyone feel special and he knew how to make everyone laugh and he was also, one of the things I loved and I hope I emulate is, um, one of his favorite songs is "I Did It My Way," mm. Mm. and Frank
0: Sinatra. That Frank? Frank Sinatra, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Frank Sinatra. Mm. And for him, it was that
0: mm.
1: he was the only guy who could make a speech mm. in Cunnamon and people would laugh. Mm. He was the only guy who, if he's sitting with the president, he's making the same joke as when he's sitting with anyone else. Mm. Like no one, no one, no one scared him. Like he always said, "All human," and that. To be honest... It's rare. It's rare. Mm. It's rare. Mm. It's rare to have someone who... Can sit with the powerful... And sit with the less powerful... Mm. And they still feel like he... he, They're Mm. important in his eyes. And that is... um, You know... It's it's good to see... And Mm. it's something that I hope... uh, And then also he worked hard man. Mm. Like he worked... He was a hard worker. Like he Mm. used to... He would take us... His motto was work hard, enjoy hard. And he did both very well. Like... This dude will go... Like, I'll give you a simple example. Mm. So, he is, um, he goes, he's a minister, he's going to, uh, and then at night, they had some guests, so he invites the whole staff, they go out. They party, mm. and then people leave at around 5 a.m., mm. and and then everyone is like, ah, tomorrow is the day of. By 8, he's at the office, and no one is there, mm. and then he <laughs> kicks out everyone, <laughs> like, why are you guys not at work? <laughs> he's like, ah. He's like, man, we can't keep up with yeah, you. Like, exactly. I remember, we we'll go out with him, and then he's like, eh? he wakes up, and he's going to play tennis at 8, and we're like, and he used to say, ah, la jeunesse, la jeunesse, huh? mm. like, c'est <laughs> <on." But>, Yeah, <laughs> leave us. Yeah so, yeah, so it's that. It's, mm. um, you see an imprint of someone when they're there and then also uh, mm. when they're gone and I'm glad I mean way before he died, I told him like he's he had a good heart, and that was his mm. best thing mm. all the other things he could anyone can do it, mm. but he had a very good heart, mm. yeah.
0: yeah well, I think he said it when he say he, he had a like a larger than life presence and personality right. i mean I, I did not i mean I know yeah. him in the public arena, but um I just like remember him for that charisma and personality. Yeah. Like when yeah. he walks in the room, you can know that he's there.
1: Exactly, and then that's yeah. what makes grieving so hard, man. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> it's like because then yeah. you wonder, you're like, someone mm. who is that. You never think someone like that could die. Like mm. I remember someone, like literally my uncle goes, Joe can die. Mm. Like, like you know, like that's and and he and it's not like mm. a, it's really something from. That's shocking. From, it's a shocking, yeah. and mm. even like a lot of his friends in Nigeria, they're like. Ah. Joe, mm. Joe can die. Mm. It's like, you know, uh, that's what makes it hard. But it's also the beautiful thing is when we 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 had a, a amazing ceremony in Lagos, mm. and we had so many people. And there, here you can say people would say things because they have something to gain. Mm. There, it was genuine. Mm. It was genuine where a person comes, they're like, I didn't even know this guy was all of these things. Mm. I found out after he passed. So one of the stories that, that actually uh, had a great impact was when we were doing a ceremony in Lagos. Um, you know, one, one of the driver came to drop his boss and then when he got there, he saw that he, he knew it was a celebration of life and then he sees the picture of my dad and then he starts crying. Mm. And then he says that he was that you know that multiple times he had driven him uh, to drop him um, after he had visited the friend and that every time he would ask him about how he's doing how his family is doing and that he always felt like he was important when he was uh, driving him and he he told me he's like well your dad was a good man mm-hmm. and that's all I needed to hear mm-hmm. I think that's that's what you really want to hear um, everyone is going to die uh, but uh, what legacy are we going to live? Mm-hmm. and uh, I think for me that was mm-hmm. good enough mm-hmm. Yeah, and that
0: is a life well lived, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right, so to end our conversation, I mean, we've talked about different things from uh, you know your work with I debate with young people, you know, your own value system, formulating beliefs, you know, your father. Um, I think to maybe bring all of those things together, um, you know, in the future, hopefully, <laughs> when you have a son. <laughs> Who do you hope him to be and what kind of person um, do you envision him to be uh, and what do you think you're going to do to kind of shape him into this person that um, would be well positioned to live a good life and good life in the traditional sense of the yeah. good life yeah
1: um, I think it's interesting I think what I would tell him and and what I've heard from one of my mentors is that is what he calls and I think David Brooks also calls it the reverse logic of life Mm -hmm. that you become great by being the servant Mm -hmm. that you live a life that is meaningful by making life for others uh, better Mm -hmm. and who I hope is, I hope he he's a good person. Like mm. you have thousands of jobs, you will do many things, but can it be that in every place that you leave, you leave everyone feeling like you're a good, mm. a good person and mm. a good, a good man? And you know, and that's what I hope for him. Mm. And for me, what uh, um, one of the things that I would do is t- to reward the good behaviors, mm. right? And and then also set a standard right set the standards of you don't you don't talk to people in this way mm. you treat people with respect because you will see me do that mm. and then also is you know that what you see is what you get you got to mm. be you got to be that person true. right you got to mm. be true mm. and uh, yeah and i hope they grow up to be a person who loves i, I always say love god and love those he loves mm. and that's people mm. yeah that's it <laughs> thank
0: you <laughs> Thank you, Jean-Michel, for gracing our podcast. This was a good conversation. I feel like we need to have another one.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: because yes. to be honest, this is like the essence of my podcast. You know, I think in the beginning, I'd start talking about how um, to to live a life that's fulfilling, you know, you have to pursue that which you find meaningful, you know, but how do you do that? when life is kind of constantly enticing you with let's say some cheap things or um, real difficulties like what we're talking about so yeah so this conversation was really kind of at the heart of what i want to talk about and um, i'm very glad we got to do that yes yeah so am i yeah okay bye people i hope you enjoyed this as we did and uh, share with a friend and we're signing off bye